Lord, for those who feel that we may be swallowed up, swept away, the torrent to have go over us in the raging waters, we pray that you would free us, for our help is in the name of the Lord. Amen. From time to time, I have shared the little nuggets of wisdom that were imparted to me as a child and through my adolescence by my family. Normally, my grandfather, who would say things like, the Lord will provide or not. It is always darkest just before it goes entirely pitch black. The tallest blade of grass is the first to be mown down. But one that has really stuck with me, as he would say it often, was pray as if it depended upon God. Work as if it depended on you. Then we read Psalm 124. And David demolishes any hope that we may have in our own strength in the most desperate of situations. Even if we believe that we are coming from a place of strength, even if we believe that we might have something to contribute, we know that if the Lord had not been on our side, disaster would have befallen us. David knew something about this. This psalm is often called a song of ascent. That is the psalms that were used by pilgrims who were going up to Jerusalem uh, for religious observance. So they were just going up to Jerusalem where they believed that God dwelled in the temple in the Holy of Holies to have an encounter with him. And it's believed that David probably wrote this psalm in the aftermath of the terrible debacle that he had with his son Absalom. And so for really the first time, Since Samuel visited Jesse's home and anointed David there, the young shepherd boy, out of the pasture, from that point on until this moment, he has known nothing but terror, sleeping in the out-of-doors, not knowing where his next meal is going to come from. Even as a young boy there standing in front of Goliath, The Philistine giant with just a sling and five stones. King Saul's constant pursuit of him to bring David to death. And yes, even the rebellion of his own son Absalom. David would have had plenty of things to rejoice about in his own life as to how the Lord delivered him. But he doesn't mention anything specifically. He doesn't talk about that time when he was delivered from Goliath or when he was delivered from Saul. And that is because David is not talking simply about a physical deliverance from a physical phenomenon, but he's talking about the active intervention of the Lord God in his life about his relationship with the Lord and the Lord's hand on his life and what can be expected of God. Above all things, David is trying to convey a spiritual truth to those who would sing this psalm, to those who would read this psalm, to those who would hold fast to this psalm because of its word of truth and comfort to those of us who are in the Lord. And David uses some very powerful and vivid imagery, especially that of water. Anytime water is used, especially in the Old Testament, but also at times in the New, 
It is meant to convey a sense of disaster, of despair, of feeling overwhelmed. I mean, I'm not sure how many of you could tell me of the great triumphs and exploits of the Israelite navy. That's because there wasn't one. If you wanted to get an Israelite shaking in their boots, you talked about water. Big bodies of water. Elsewhere in the Psalms we read that being in in distress is like falling into a pool of water and not finding a foothold. Have you ever done that? Fallen into a body of water, a lake, a pond or something and, and you expect your feet to touch bottom but it's not there. And that moment of panic that erupts in your heart when you feel like the water might overwhelm you. In the Judean wilderness, if you ever get a chance to go there between Jerusalem and the Dead Sea, it is really beautiful. There are these wonderful canyons and uh, trails that you can take and a lot of backpackers will go. And uh, if you still read the papers today, uh, at least one or two people every year die out in the Judean wilderness, which really looks like a desert, from flooding. They're there in that canyon, and the rains begin to fall coming in from the Mediterranean, and the water runs up from Jerusalem down to the Jordan River Valley into the Dead Sea, and those beautiful canyons become filled up, and they're overwhelmed. So David's listeners would have known well what he was talking about. The county I grew up in had a lot of one-lane bridges, and so I learned how to yield to traffic and how that worked. And my brother and I were in the car once, and it was pouring down rain. And the car in front of us began to go over the bridge, and out of nowhere, a wall of water hit the car and threw it into what was once a creek, but now seemed to be a raging river. That man was able to get out of the car and and brought to the side of the water. Uh, But what David wants us to understand is... How do you prepare for that? How do you prepare for from going from one moment in the comfort of your own car or, or walking into this beautiful canyon and all of a sudden in front of you there's a wall of water that is going to overwhelm you and against it you're helpless. There is no preparing. There is no preparing for the torrents and the raging waters of life. Even if you think you're prepared when you find yourself faced with the overwhelming waters, you find yourself completely helpless. David moves from the predicament that we find ourselves in against all odds to us, the individual in the midst of the raging flood. In verse 7 he says, We have escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken, and we have escaped. The beginning of this verse, looking at the Hebrew, is often translated, and rightly so, our soul has escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowlers. We are birds. Now, I'd like to think of myself as a is a smallish hawk, maybe a chicken hawk, um, maybe a little eaglet. You know, I don't want to be too ego-driven. I, I, I think I'm doing all right, but you know, some, you know, a nice bird that might grow into something bigger. But unfortunately, the Hebrew word here doesn't allow us to do that. It means a small bird. 
Elsewhere in the Old Testament, it's translated as sparrow. We are little birds caught in a snare. And no matter how strong we think we are, strong we may be, we cannot get out. And our struggling and striving is in vain. Anxiety, which our culture is plagued with, guilt, overwhelming pressure to be somebody that you can't measure up to be, uncertainty, fear, all of this and more is the result of the sin that ensnares us. We are under a yoke of slavery and we feel its oppression. And as much as we want to throw off that shackled burden, we can't because we're little birds. And so we see that the flood will come. Yeah, David doesn't say, well, because of the Lord, floods won't come. The torrents won't come. You won't be stuck in the jaws of some predator. You won't be ensnared. But in fact, the flood will come. The raging waters will rise. And you will be like a little bird in a snare, trying to escape. And so, we need somebody to come in from the outside of us. To do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Someone who's able to place themselves in the midst of the raging water. To stand between the wall... And us, to free us from the fowler's snare. John Ryland, the 18th century poet, wrote lots of hymns, and one of them goes like this, reflecting on Psalm 124. As when the fowler's snare is broke, the bird escapes on cheerful wings. My soul set free from Satan's yoke, with joy bursts forth and mounts and sings. Another little saying we had in our family growing up was, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, oh, what a party we'd have. And David says, if, here, and yet his if is very different, isn't it? If the Lord had not been, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side. If God had not been on our side, what would have happened? You would have been overwhelmed. You would have been caught in the torrent. You would have been stuck in the jaws of the predator. You would still be caught in the snare of the fowler. David speaks with certainty. Now you may say, well, hindsight is 2020. David can look back at his life of all the things that he encountered. And he can now say in the safety of Jerusalem on his throne, the Lord had been on our side. But see what David does in verse 8. He says, our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. He changes tense. He moves from recounting what the Lord had done to who God is today, now, and forever. He is the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, our ever-present help in times of trouble. Little birds, let us with David 
recount the mighty works of God, most notably His saving work in Jesus Christ. His coming amongst us, taking on the raging waters, being overwhelmed by the torrent, even to the point of His death. But Jesus is risen from death's dark prison, and He now sets us free. C.H. Spurgeon, the great 19th century Baptist preacher in London, told a story once of a man who had just been released from prison and he had a little bit of money in his pocket uh, that was given to him to try to make his way after he had been released. And uh, upon his release, he was crossing London Bridge. And this is back before they dismantled London Bridge and put it in Arizona. That's where it is, actually. Uh, And it used to be a place for vendors to sell things and, and it was a kind of a marketplace. And this former prisoner came across a man selling birds, little larks and sparrows and the like, and there they were in a cage, and the ex-convict said, well, what do you want for all of them? Well, they came to a price, and the man emptied his pockets in order to pay for the birds, and as soon as the vendor handed over the bird cage to the ex-convict, he opened the door and let the birds fly free. Well, the man said, why in the world did you buy those birds if you were just going to let them out? But the convict said, if you had been in prison as I have, you would be sure to set everything free you could get a hold of. Jesus is no longer held by death. He is alive and because he has been set free and he has the victory over death and the grave. Come what may, come whatever struggle you happen to be dealing with this morning in the midst of real trouble and real anxiety and real helplessness, know that Jesus has come to set all the prisoners free who beg them, beg him to open their cage doors, for he is our great emancipator. Simply show him your bonds. And beg for liberty, and he will set you free, little birds. Amen.